then, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Davis, Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, one of the United States' best builders. If you're in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, you can do it for as low as $160 per square foot. There's nothing these days, and it will be the most unique home in the area head to the barndominiumco.com if you don't believe me call alicia she'll set you right up there's no pressure no sales pressure anything like that they are really 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 darn good at what they do and we are thrilled to be partnered with them at the barndo co jb jc and phil we're here until one o'clock this afternoon and we're teed up by traveling country club.com it's the coolest club in the carolinas i saw a post last night on the bigspur.com where there's a lot of really good stuff going on these days. And somebody was asking about golf clubs, like clubs to join, not just sets of golf clubs. I haven't had a chance to chime in yet, but I will. If you're one of those, this is the club you want to be a part of because it's a club that involves two States, not just one, not just one club either. Traveling country club, Dot com For more, the PJ Championship being played later on this week, and our coverage of that will be teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. No guests today. We figured with what's been going on for the last six days around here, we've been really full with lots and lots of folks in and out, extended times, missed commercial breaks. Uh, we figured we would try to open it up as much as we can to all of you to be a part of our program. So fill it up, ask any questions you have, and we'll do our very best to answer those uh, already today. Uh, what stands out first and foremost, thanks to Hayne Painter. He says he just like left electric bikes of Charleston with two new bikes. Michelle was awesome. Hayne, God bless you, my friend. And you Thank are you. right on with that. Michelle is top notch, shows her entire family, and they run an outstanding business as well as uh, Charleston Fitness Equipment. Uh, so certainly, certainly appreciate supporting our partners. Tristan still is in there. Speaking of partners, he's one of them. 
the owner of a couple of painters, and he says it's a great day for a welcome home. It is. Hopefully something good happens on that front. JC can fill us in here in just a minute. It's also a great day to get your house painted. So while we're talking about partners, let's get them all out of the way here at the top of the program. A couple of painters can really make you look good if you head to letmepaintsomething.com or find them on Facebook. The Still family is absolutely fantastic, and they'll paint it if it's in Georgia or in South Carolina, anywhere you live in those two states, border to border. Uh, last night, the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame uh, inducted this year's honorees. We'll make sure we mention them in our program today. Uh, we also have the first of four baseball games being played this week at Founders Park tonight. And we'll fill you in on the details for that. Carolina trying to make a strong push to the end here, boys and girls. See if they can't lock up not only a host, but maybe play their way back into a top eight national seed. They're really not that far out of it. At all. And we'll talk a lot of college football today. Brad Crawford has a very interesting column out about uh, some SEC trap games and potential upsets and one on there that might make you go, hmm, that has to do with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Also, maybe a little bit of a nudge tip, uh, inside info towards Carolina and North Carolina's kickoff time we should know in a couple of weeks but i've been doing a little research and jc phil research keeps coming back to potentially one time in particular on one network so we'll see with that said good afternoon or good morning or whatever time it is my internet is a joke uh, okay good afternoon good morning <laughs> it seems like it yeah, you were having a rough good, time good night in. What was it from the Truman Show? Jim Carrey said in the Truman Show, it was like, good afternoon, good morning. If we don't see you, good evening. Good, what, what, what was it? Good, I think it was good I got to get the exact quote. Truman Show was a good movie. Yeah, Jim Carrey used way. to be outstanding, by the way. He's kind of a weird dude, but he was really good. Started getting him. weird around uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with uh, the chick from Titanic. Hmm. That that oh, was the yeah. first dive yeah. into kind of a, and I thought that was a heck of a. I like I actually really like that was that a great movie, movie yeah. Mm-hmm. But that kind of took him in a different direction. Alrighty then. Hey. Alrighty then. Speaking of alrighty then, hats off to Chris Richardson. Just joined the eighteen oh one Carolina Rise Club. That a boy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. We got. Uh, We've had a, a couple of uh, re-ups today. It's our one-year anniversary on Carolina Rise, by the way. Yes, uh, it is. Carolina, I can't believe I've had this thing for one year, right? And uh, I'm just listing all the players that we've paid. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty good list for football, baseball especially. Um, and then yeah. Gigi Jackson's name's on there for basketball, so we all know that was a big deal. But um, – yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, I'll tell everybody now we're still at like thirty three percent, thirty five percent of like our initial membership goal. So continue to spread the word. Um, and then we had some folks uh, when we started last year come in as a, you know, one time payment guys. Well, we don't, you know, like when you join as an annual member on most subscriptions on the internet these days, it automatically rolls over. We don't do that on yearlies because people's financial situations change so much in a year good or bad. I mean, I didn't want this to be a business starting out where there's surprises on people's credit cards. Um, so if you joined back then and you gave a lump sum, uh, 
it's it's time to to join back up <laughs> if you want to if you don't that's fine too you know not, not, no pressure there but uh if you uh, if you come back for a one-time payment uh two hundred dollars or more i'll send you a free sweet carolina rice trucker hat and a sweet carolina rice t-shirt uh as a token of my appreciation for our, all of our annual members but that was just what was going on today there and so certainly appreciate it and uh also gave a rain check update we're in the process of getting those things together it's just time consuming because my brother has a full-time job i have all these duties i have to do here we've got stuff in two different locations in illinois and south carolina uh so we're trying to put that together uh as fast as we can to get it out to you guys but uh it will be out i'm thinking maybe if it's not there by the first week of june or so uh maybe you know let it let us know but uh I do. Uh, it, it's all there. It's just a, it's just a matter of time. And I apologize for getting busy, but it's a busy time of the year uh, for me and uh, for Cam too, because he's like he's going to Orlando for like a week for a conference uh, before Memorial Day and stuff. And you know, like I said, we don't have you know we don't we don't have employees uh, for Carolina Rise, so uh, it takes you know sometimes it just takes a little time. Um, those of you that ordered hats, Craiger, you had a, ordered a big spur hat the other day. I'll just give everybody an update now. Um, th- that's on the way. That's on the way here. Uh, I got the notice the other day. So as soon as I get it, Craiger, I'll just sh- shoot it out to you um, for uh, that, that big spur, the white big spur trucker hat that you bought. So, uh, And then some of you also ordered T-shirts a couple of weeks ago that were on back order. Those have gotten in to me. Um, I think somebody ordered three or four T-shirts to find a damn way chicken shirt, which is awesome. Uh, and some other hats and stuff, and that will be out to you shortly as well. So there we go. There's all my retail update for today. I wish I had better news on the recruiting end of things, but I don't. Um, uh, you know, I and I had an update on Diggs today, okay? It's gotten, like, graveyard quiet as far as info on him, which usually means they're talking, they're trying to figure it out, um, wait and see. Uh, I know that the, the, the feeling was Sunday night uh, because they hadn't spoken to Diggs. That's never a good sign that, uh, that he was LSU. I know LSU is still relatively confident about him. Uh, but like I said, I don't count these guys out on anything um, as far as that goes. Uh, the Sharknado guy, is that what they call him? Sharknado, whatever, the, the kid from Sharknado. NC State. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I know there's some talk out there about him maybe going to Kentucky. Um, my conversations about him have been very like limited in terms of how do I say it? enthusiasm on Carolina's end. Um, I'm not saying they don't want him. Uh, I was never told that, but it, it's kind of you know, it's kind of been you know digs. Uh, and then I was told today by a contact that said, well, I mean, I get digs, but, you know, what they were told from some people inside the program was that there's plenty of running backs out there, you know, so there you go. Uh, I, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I definitely think they need one. So that's, uh, that was one of the things there. But uh, I do think that, as I put out today, I think things are looking good for that end, the graduate transfer. And then uh, little birdie told me, man, the Gamecocks may not be done. If, if you know, if you go through the running back, even even if you get another running back out of left field somewhere, they get the other defensive end, 
Uh, and I'm not talking about Jordan Birch either. Uh, they may not be done adding players to the roster, and that's that, that should be exciting. When I can say more, I will let you know more. But uh, right now, that's uh, that's the thing. Craig said Diggs is making an LSU video. Yeah, probably. That's why there's a delay in, in some of these things. But uh, I don't know that for sure. You know, I would I'd probably just tell you if, if, if I knew that. Because, um, you know, you talk about let's not spoil the kid's moment. It's kind of like a second marriage when it's the portal, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to you don't want to screw anything up for like the team you're covering. But uh, and your 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 relationships with your, your folks, but I mean, I'd tell you, <laughs> I'd probably I mean, in this situation, not your school, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it's not sour <laughs> grapes. I mean, I'd, I'd probably be very careful about how I worded it, but uh, you know, I mean, it's like I mean, how many times are you gonna let you know? Oh, just a kid, let him have his moment. He's been to three different schools. Well, in Dick's case, only two, but. uh there are a couple of guys out there. Like I read something today. Gosh, who's looking for a safety? Was it was it Florida? Somebody Florida or maybe Florida State? And they're like this kid who was at McNeese State, Marshall, and then Temple. <laughs> I'm like, this is the fourth school. I'm like, wow, you know, that's 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 a that's an Eric Stevenson kind of track, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric Stevenson saw all four corners of the country, Seattle to uh, Wichita to uh, Wichita to Seattle to Columbia to West Virginia in basketball. So anyway, that's all I got, folks, on the recruiting end of it. I, 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 I'll just say don't get down if they don't get digs. It'll be disappointing from a standpoint of, man, it'd been really nice to have him. He's a stud. I'll stand by that. Um, but all is not lost. I don't think, um, especially with one player, it's just, uh, it's going to be an interesting story to follow us to see like who they actually get and how they actually put it together at running back next year. But they averaged 44 points a game the last three games of the season and didn't really have a running back. So I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm in agreement that you need one. You know, I'm not saying you can just get by without one, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. They got the block regardless. So, you know, we'll see. Well, in the, I want to make sure I don't forget this here, not to totally switch gears, but um, hello to Evan, who is uh, listening for the, or uh, watching, excuse me, for the first time uh, in the chat box today. He has uh, been listening to this program for about a year. He's a big Gamecock fan up in beautiful Yancey County, North Carolina. That is the home of Mount Mitchell, as he points out there. He says he loves the show. We love you. And uh, Mount Mitchell Golf Club is part of TravelingCountryClub.com. There's another plug for those guys. So, uh, Evan, if you're a golfer, maybe check them out, and uh, you can play your home course plus about 44 others uh, for a very, very low uh, monthly monthly rate. Um yeah, I mean, look, they're going to get a running back, and whoever it is is going to be a – I don't want to say an upgrade, but but definitely somebody who can play, and we and we know that, J.C., and so uh, it's just, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, if they don't – I mean, I just hope we don't get the, the – uh, if Diggs chooses to stay home at LSU, that's something that from the get-go we kind of all really thought would happen. However, 
as you've pointed out multiple times, you don't want to discount Shane Beamer and this staff because they have proven <laughs> pretty much everybody wrong uh, since they've been here and, and how that all kind of unfolds. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And um, one way or another, they'll add a name. And, you know, we'll see who that is. There, Do you know how many available running backs are still in the portal? Probably about 50. Okay. So 13,000 yeah. <laughs> with as many defections as there have been this year. <laughs> yeah. Plenty, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, they're, I, I, it just to be a fly on the wall with the conversations would be interesting, right? Because, I, I mean, I – I'd be interested to see what the process is. Like, let's say Sharko called yesterday and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to play for you." I think accept his commitment, or no, wait, we got to find out what's happening with Diggs. Like, how, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I, or if it was somebody else, they might have another offer out there we don't even know about. Very well, probably do. You know, and if there was somebody who wanted to commit, but they're waiting on this kid, I mean. Would they say absolutely and then make room to take two? I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, are they making promises? What type of prom? I doubt they are. Uh. Sometimes a guy will visit. You'll be interested in him. He visits other places, and you just kind of just let him go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that that's the impression I get right now when it comes to him because there's not – it was never explained to me, like, Diggs is one, Sharko's two. It was Sharko's coming in, then Diggs is coming in. We want Diggs. Dot, dot, dot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, now look, I, I tell you, as far as the information about him at Kentucky, keep in mind Devin Leary is quarterback from NC State's there. So there's a logical connection. I haven't read anything about him visiting Kentucky. Uh, I know Kentucky lost both Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke off last year's team, and they need running backs. That's pretty bad. Smoke um, went to Colorado. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. with Dion Prime. Why? Like those are the things I just don't Ka- understand. Cavassier Smoke. Dude. I, I'll tell you that. I'll <laughs> say this: Colorado as a program has redeeming qualities. I mean, they have yeah, good fans. They were you're once set great. to be the dude in the SEC. In a school that runs a, the football. If you're a running back, though, I think you're probably sitting there. Yeah, and see, Colorado's not going to be running the football. No. At all. I mean, if you look no. at what Kent State did last year on offense, it's it's 90 miles an hour, chunk, 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 chunk. Um, Why? So, uh, Marshawn Lloyd did the Pac-12. Cavassier smoked to the Pac-12. Is it easier out there? You betcha. The defenses <laughs> are near what they are in the SEC. Yeah. And I know that. I mean – that's geez. smoke. I, I don't know. Smoke is a different. He's kind of a different dude too. You know, um, I'll say uh, with Marshawn, I, I, you know, I finally put two and two together. I, I'm convinced Caleb Williams, uh, just like with Jordan Addison. I think that that group had a little bit to do with it. Oh, They're all from sure the same did. place. I mean, yeah. you know, it, okay. it's, and uh, it, it, I guess it didn't hit me until there was a big article about, Marshawn Lloyd happy to be reunited with Caleb Williams. And I was like, her, that's curious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I think Caleb played at what, uh, someplace in D.C., Gonzaga, I think, St. John, something like that. And then, of course, uh, 
Marshawn was with DeMathis. So they had to know each other. Same thing with Jordan Addison, who was from Maryland, that they swiped from Pitt. But Marshawn's third team right now. Yeah. And he's so, the first team here in the SEC. Yeah. And with, when he wants to run the ball and, and when he wants to run it and he wants to – he goes and plays and, and he's healthy, he's, he's special. I'm not – I, they, they could, Carolina could have definitely used him. If there were games last year, he made something out of nothing quite a bit. And that may be yeah. what Carolina's looking at doing again this year. But, uh, you know, there's one more than one way to stuff a turkey, as they say. I used to say skin a cat, but I've become an animal lover. I don't want to well, talk turkeys about are animals cats. too, JC. Well, I know, but they're also delicious. <laughs> You're not like in the same Sometimes. mental capacity as my children, right? Like, those only come from the grocery store. You don't eat turkeys. You don't eat chickens. But yet you buy chicken at the store. Little lump. They're little lump, frozen lumps of, of good. We don't eat chickens. Put in the oven. We get it from the store. Oh. Okay. We don't eat chickens. We get them from the store. But, you know, so, I mean, I, yeah, maybe you, like I said the other day, I mean, maybe you work around. You work around it if you don't have backs um, to go and, um, do what you need to do. I'll say this. They need to recruit really good running backs this year because you can't get by with that for too long. No. You yeah. know. Well, and they um, are. They are. I think what they really could use is, uh, you know, somebody having a year sort of like uh, Clyde. Kevin yeah, Kevin Harris. Yeah, because remember, everybody's so worried. And then uh, – there's uh you know Kevin Harris uh, and he ends up leading the SEC in rushing. Uh, this cat from LSU, who's five seven, by the way, and he's he's got he's got about thirty two pounds on Juju, but uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, that was their feature back in twenty nineteen, right? And uh, hey, he uh, he was he was okay. Right. Well, I think if there's anything we're learning about running back recruiting is you always have to recruit the high school kids and you always have to recruit the portal because you don't know when they're just going to walk into your office and tell you that they're leaving or go home for a break and never return. Um, Which Uh, happens. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's like, you know, Carolina went from having a really good situation. I mean, like Shane Beamer and Harris did a really good situation at running back. They had Lloyd, they had Harris. They had Zaquandre White, who was really good. Juju McDowell. Um, you mean Zaquandre and, White, who they moved to safety when they brought him in? That guy. Hmm. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, I still look See back White. at some of, the, you know, just talking football, not not into the personal realm of things where you know people try to carry the conversation. I I still to this day wonder why some of the decisions were made that were made moving positions and things like that. And he was one of them. I mean, I, it just made zero sense. I mean, I know that he was like, hey, I'll do whatever it takes for the team. But they never truly committed to him as a running back. And finally, when they did, look what happened. Yeah, it did yeah, well. Yeah. And then uh, and Lavazia Carroll. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and Lavazia Carroll, uh, Rashad Amos right. goes in the portal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you know, that's the I mean, thing that people just, need to remember really... about this situation. You just said all of that. Think about what's happened in just the last couple of months. There was zero reason for Marshawn Lloyd to walk out the door. He did. Rashad Amos was a guy. I bet you know. You almost wonder if he wishes he was sticking around now, um, because uh, you know he'd probably be the feature back at this point in time. Carroll goes down with a career-ending injury. 
you felt very comfortable about where you were with, with the running back position moving forward. And then within, what, 60 days or so, 90 days maybe, all of those guys are gone. And you're, you're just, oh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out here. And so, you know, it's, it just is what it is. I mean, I, you know, right now they're making chicken salad out of chicken blank and trying to, you know, figure it out. So we got to give them time to figure it out. It's May, and we'll see what happens by the time they, August gets here. Yeah, I do think in this class of 2024, it's critical to get two, maybe even three. And if you can find a JUCO somewhere, maybe, or you know, if you find a younger guy on the portal between now and the season, that's probably smart because it's and it's not even so much anything like with Joiner and McDowell and Anderson. I, I like those guys, and then Braswell as your fourth. I just can't remember a season. Guys, where I mean, how long has it been since there's been a year where you have not had significant missed time uh, at running with, with at least one of the running backs? Oh, every year. I mean, the entire must champ era was yeah. like guys going down left and right. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember 2017 and 2018 both. Bobby Bentley's coaching running backs. He ends up with Mon Denson and AJ Mon Denson. You know, uh, most most of the year AJ Turner. Guys like that, yeah. um, you know, the Tyson Williams comes in, he gets it going, he breaks his arm. Rico Dowdle consistently had issues. Tavian Feaster was injured while he was here. I mean, uh, roll it up into you know Kevin Harris being hurt, Zaquandre White was hurt, uh, you know Juju was hurt for a while. Marshawn's been injured. All I mean, you know, these running backs take a beating, and, and I, th- I think that's, that's probably the case everywhere, um, which is why you need. Number one, you need studs, you know. Number two, you need a lot of uh, in this league. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't think that – I think the days of Marcus Lattimore where he got to carry – and he took a beating too, carrying 30 times a game. I think I think those times are going to be few and far between unless you just have an absolute right. hoss. Not like a Rocket Sanders, you know, I can, I can see that. But even Rocket doesn't average that much. So we'll see. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens. So. It is 11.28 on a beautiful Tuesday morning here on Inside the Gamecocks of the Show. We do need to hit a timeout. When we return, though, kick times are on the agenda. Some nuggets to pass along, and we'll fill in the blanks from there. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks of the Show, built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
difference today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 to talk about all of your upstate residential real estate needs. And while we don't have any right. official start times, JB, I know everything kind of is pointing to, what, the 730 slot for this opener? Pointing to a night kick is what it seems to be. Yeah. yeah. First of all, let me let, let me read these four that have nothing to do with uh, Saturday, <laughs> September the second. But uh, released from the ESPN press room, you've got on ABC Sunday night, September the third. Uh, I don't know how they already have rankings out, but uh, <laughs> LSU and Florida State they've got them down as number seven and number three. I don't know where the hell that came from, but okay. Uh, Saturday, September the 9th, 10th-ranked Texas and 6th-ranked Alabama on ESPN. Uh, Saturday, October the 7th, Oklahoma and Texas in the Red River Shootout, not Showdown. Forget that PC BS. And then Saturday, November the 4th, they've got uh, Notre Dame and uh, Clemson on ABC. So that was announced today. Also announced today that it will be Wednesday, May the 31st is when ESPN will release the first three weeks of the 2023 college football schedule. All right, so that's two weeks from tomorrow that we will know the kick times for South Carolina and North Carolina, South Carolina and Furman, and the Gamecocks and Georgia. As it pertains to that Saturday, for those that missed this, this was, I guess, finalized last year, but the details have been coming together the last few months. NBC is now the home to Big Ten Saturday night, okay? So on Saturday night, NBC, Noah Eagle, 
and Todd Blackledge are your play-by-play guys for the biggest game in the Big Ten on Saturday night. That's NBC. Well, West Virginia and Penn State already have a 7.30 kick time. That just so happens to coincide with NBC's kick time. Although NBC has not been designated as the network, I'm not sure you can find a bigger game in the Big Ten on Saturday. Maybe you can make the argument for Ohio State at Indiana, but guys, I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure they'd like to have Todd Blackledge calling his first game on NBC with West Virginia at Penn State. Although it's not about Todd Blackledge, you can just kind of piece it together from there. Also on that Saturday, as part of the as, uh, part of the uh, college football schedule, as part of the college football schedule, you've got Colorado, uh, JC. Actually, matter of fact, I think I saw you say something about this earlier this morning uh, mm-hmm. on the website. But um, Colorado is at TCU. That has already been designated as a noon kick which means that's going to be on Fox. Big noon kick on Fox. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There. So by the process of elimination, if you'd like to refer to it that way, there's really only one other game out there that's worth a damn, and that's South Carolina and North Carolina in Charlotte. Again, Ohio State on the road to open the season at Indiana is going to certainly be intriguing. I get it. But as far as ESPN goes and their TV deals with both networks, the SEC and the ACC, it is really hard for me to find a way around a night kick for this game. You do have Virginia and Tennessee as well, um, but that game doesn't feature the two quarterbacks that this game will, which is going to be a huge, huge selling point. And so, you know, when you look at the rest of the schedule, there's really nothing else that stands out. And I'll pass the torch back over to the two of you, but it just seems seems like, and uh, ESPN has been doing this for a couple of years because they have you know games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on Labor Day weekend. It just seems to me like this game will end up more than likely at night, and I've got a hunch they'll probably find a way to squeeze College Game Day in to Charlotte as well because of Spencer Rattler, because of Drake May and these two teams possibly being on the rise. Well, it's got everything you want in a in an opening day matchup with two marquee quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the weekend itself transcends the regionality of the game just because it's opening weekend. And, you know, I, I like you, I'm like you, JB. I, I don't see any other games marquee or otherwise. <laughs> No, fit that slot, you know, and that Indiana or actually it's Ohio State at Indiana, not really moving the needle, I don't think, especially being at Indiana, maybe to be a slight better shot of them being in that spot if it were at Ohio State at the horseshoe. But I doubt it even. I think North Carolina, South Carolina is the one. I I think that, guys, I think what you'll see, I'm with you, and I think what you'll see with game day as well. So you've got something interesting. So game day will do two or three uh, locations. And remember, like Mm -hmm. last year, they had game day on Saturday, and then on Sunday they also had it uh, live from wherever it was, but it was a different – I can't even remember who all was on the set. New New Orleans. 
Yeah, and I want to say like Todd McShay was on the set and a couple mm-hmm. of other guys they just kind of had plugged in there. But um, And they will do game day on Thursdays as well. You actually have a couple of interesting things going on on Thursday, August the 31st. Again, we're going to know all this in a couple of weeks, but we love college football, so we'll spin our wheels talking about it. You've got Florida at Utah on, on Thursday the 31st, JC, as you pointed out, but you also have something else interesting that night. Matt Rule's return to college. Nebraska is at Minnesota on that Thursday as well. And I could absolutely see where someone like College Game Day would say, let's go to Minnesota. We never go there. Shoot, they never really go to Utah either. But let's head to Minneapolis and 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 kind of tee this thing up. And then Saturday be in Charlotte for North Carolina, South Carolina. Sunday, LSU and Florida State, you know they'll be there for that. But they won't be there for Clemson and Duke on Monday night. I'm quite positive in that. So that's what I, – I mean, they could, they could kick it off at 3.30 um, because they have – ESPN has, has made a great effort in the last couple – like, look what's happened around it, right? You've got people, you've got Fox attacking the noon schedule. And then you've got NBC now attacking the nighttime schedule. So have you, have, if anybody's paid attention the last couple of years, have, has they, and right, remember when these kick times come out sometimes, the two-week window? Let's just talk about South Carolina, okay? Just the Gamecocks. And you'll go, what? I don't know, why are we kicking off with Georgia at noon? Well, that's been... ABC, Disney, ESPN, however you want to word it, that's been their effort to combat the big noon kickoff and these networks that are attacking that that time slot following uh, major morning shows like the big noon kickoff show and, and college game day, they've been attacking the noon time slot. ESPN, you should just remember the old Big Ten days where you get Indiana and Minnesota at noon or Northwestern hosting Purdue in a snowy October day. You know that crap? Nobody nobody watched those games. They just they had a contract. They had to get them on TV, and they'd shove them in there, and then everybody waited until 3.30 CBS. ESPN would always try to put a good 3.30, 4 o'clock game, and then they would attack the nighttime. So then they got attacked at noon, right? It's just pretty simple. So now you look and you've watched ESPN try to combat that by putting good games at noon to make sure that they have something to rival other networks. Well, what's happening now? Now you've got NBC who said, oh, we, we, we want in. We're going to pay a billion dollars over the next seven years or whatever it is to the Big Ten for this. So now ESPN has to revert back to making sure they're protecting themselves at night. They can't just protect themselves with the ABC game anymore. They have to make sure they protect prime time. And so I think that that's why you're probably going to see a little bit of a shift in this. And I think I I wouldn't be shocked at all to see 3.30. But I think they're going to probably try to kick this game at night and coincide it with college game day. I just can't. I can't see any other prime time options, uh, uh, and I'm wondering: is this a North Carolina or a South Carolina home game? Is because what, that no. that would matter. Who's home? Carolina home I, game I or think, South Carolina I, home game? I think North Carolina is the home team. Because if it's a North Carolina home game, it could be on ABC. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's an ACC game. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina home game, it would be uh, an SEC game. Uh, and until next year, that's, I think, well, maybe it could be on a ABC regardless. Who knows? Neutral side game. Uh, but uh, I think, 
you know, I, I just look, I just don't know who else they're going to put in that time slot. They're not going to concede West Virginia, Penn State to NBC. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina is a more entertaining matchup. West Virginia is kind of a small market team anyway. You got the number one pick in the draft that people are, well, the projected at the time, but number one pick in the draft in Drake May. You've got a large brand in North Carolina. You've got a team in South Carolina that has Spencer Rattler that finished the year as good as anybody last year. And everybody knows now about, you know, people start to pay attention to the Gamecocks again. you got a great neutral site in Charlotte where you can set up right downtown. Studios, because the SEC Network and ESPNU are located in Charlotte. Um, And there's just nothing else. I mean, uh, we, we usually have better opening weekends. Uh, than, than, than this. So Ken says last time yeah. we were on ABC, we didn't do so well. Just saying, was that the Gator Bowl? Uh, on ABC? The, the Gator, I thought the Gator Bowl was on ESPN. Hmm. I thought Clemson, wasn't Clemson on ABC? Wasn't the Clemson game on ABC? Oh, yeah, McDonough. Remember. Yeah, it was McDonough. Yeah, yeah. Called it. I thought yeah. that was the ACC noon kickoff on ABC. Yeah, that was ABC. Yeah. So. Well, I, and I'll say, and I'll, and I'll, um, and, and this, this is going to throw, you know, some people are going to laugh when I say this, but if I, you actually go back and check, you'll see that what I'm saying has some teeth to it. Middle Tennessee at Alabama does not stand out because it's Middle Tennessee, and I understand that. But go back and find one year where Alabama wasn't on primetime Saturday night in their opening game. And I'm not talking about just when they're playing prime matchups. Now, I'm not talking about like Alabama and Florida State or something like that. They always find a way to get Alabama on primetime national TV under the lights because there's a lot of eyeballs on them. I think Bama, I think Bama, Tennessee will be the, uh, if I had to predict right now, Bama, Tennessee will be the 730 SEC Network kickoff. I think Tennessee and Virginia will be the mid-afternoon ESPN or, or ESPN ABC kickoff, and then Carolina and, and North Carolina at night. I just can't find anything else compelling because Florida, Utah, that's compelling, but that's that's moved to Thursday. Louisville, Georgia Tech is somewhat compelling in Atlanta. Uh, there's no other big Atlanta game this year besides that one. That one's on Friday. Okay, we're on a weekend of college football where the Labor Day night game is Clemson invading the fortress that Durham, North Carolina to play Duke. I mean, that's that's a weak schedule, man. The, the game of the weekend is Florida State LSU, but it is on Sunday in Orlando. So yeah, I just – On ABC. You know, I, I would, I'm with you, JB. It, it could be that it ends up at 3.30. That, that's kind of – going to kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit because it doesn't seem like Carolina can win with these kickoff times in Charlotte. And, you know, it'd be great to have a great crowd up there. And I know the crowd is going to be just a little bigger if it's at night, you know, because uh, you can go up to Charlotte, you can spend all day, leisurely take your time getting there. It's not going to be – it's going to be obviously cooler at night. I mean, Clemson and Georgia filled that place up. I don't expect that kind of crowd, but uh, I do think that – for North Carolina fans too, I mean, it, it'd be a more kind of exciting atmosphere. And um, I, I think just an FYI, I think this game will be ESPN. I think Ohio State at Indiana will probably also get slated for a night kick, but I think that'll be on ABC. 
that seems to kind of fit the bill for what they try to do. You know what I mean? Like that's again, that's not yeah. Ohio State is Ohio State, but they open the season on the road against a blue collar Indiana team in the Big Ten. Like they're going to create a storyline for that because it's one of the top two or three teams in the country opening on the road in their own league. It'd be like if Alabama was opening on Saturday night at uh, Missouri, they would find a way to make sure that that is going to be in prime time. I totally get that too. Keep in mind though, like we talk about kickoffs too, looking beyond this coming season, you talked about noon games, get ready. And I, I don't know what the league is going to do about this because people of the South are going to raise holy hell because they lose the entire, like ESPN no longer. And most of those schools are in the central time zone, some in Eastern. Uh, So you kick out, you kick some big 12 games at noon, kick some ACC games at noon, but without the big 10 inventory, there are going to be a lot more SEC football games, big ones that kick at noon than I think all of us in the South would want. Because the entire Big Ten is going to Fox, NBC, CBS. Um, so yeah, who knows? It all and, yeah. and as you said, they're going to want to compete in that noon time spot. So get ready for more noon games, even when your team's good. So yeah, <laughs> uh, there, I think there's there's also, by the way, a little bit of a wild card. Not to interrupt you, JC, but Boise State at Washington is a game that they're going to want to get on TV. I mean, it's going to be on TV. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a game they're going to want to get in a good spot on TV because Bo- Boise State is a hell of a program. And then and then obviously Washington hosting them. That's not with especially with how many time slots need to be filled and what the schedule actually looks like on that Saturday. Again, as you pointed out, which is really strange. Like that has that's a game that people would be like, yeah, I'll watch that. Boise State and Washington. That's but that, but that might be like the late like ten thirty kickoff on ESPN. You maybe see Carolina kick it's like a six, yeah, six o'clock, and six then Boise nine, State yeah. Washington at nine. Great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian asks, what do I expect from? Uh, I think he's talking about Drake May this season. Uh, oh no, Mark May. Um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, Mark May. <laughs> uh, Lou Holtz is. Uh, I think he and Lou are still doing a podcast, right? I do. Um, they really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say this right. Yeah. Lou actually picked Notre Dame to lose to South Carolina last year. He was like, when you play Notre Dame, your fans are excited. Your band's excited. Your student body's excited. Your school president's excited. Everybody's excited to play Notre Dame. And I think the excitement for South Carolina will win out in the end. And by God, he's almost right. Yeah. Because I think South Carolina was the more excited team to play. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Drake May, outstanding quarterback. You know, there's a reason that the rumors got out there that Alabama was going to offer him on NIL money or whatever. I don't know how true it is or not. Mac Brown says it's true, so uh, there's probably at least a 51% chance that it is. Uh, uh, he's a great athlete, obviously could beat you with his legs, could beat you with his arm. Uh, a bigger version of a Sam Howell type probably, I mean, could definitely be the number one pick in the draft next year. Um, reading Brad Crawford's piece, and I agree with them on this. Trez Walker, because they lost their receivers, uh, their downs from last year, who's really good. This kid's coming in from Kent State. Uh, I think he could have a Juice Wells type effect. Their running backs, if you look at their depth chart right now, you're going to go, hmm, there's that British Brooks kid that ran the long touchdown in the bowl against Carolina. 
and then uh, kind of a guy, journeyman. They're two younger backs, Amara and Hampton and Petway. Those are the two guys that are going to end up doing most of the playing. Uh, they have, they, they're not settled on the offensive line very much. Uh, they, they definitely have needs up there, and I have reasons for saying that. Uh, they uh, tied in. I don't know. Uh, I don't hear much about their tight ends. Their issue has been defense, but if you look at their defensive depth chart, guys, there's a lot of players on that in the front seven that were four- and five-star recruits. Mm-hmm. Stanton played like it since they've been there. Uh, and you got Gene Chiswick there. And uh, from what Mike said, because Mike spent some time there covering their spring game, he did compare them to LSU athletically and said uh, – there's no comparison, <laughs> really, just eyeball test wise. And he was he was on the show. Yeah, that's what he said. This, uh, but um, he did say that, that that those backs look good, and that uh, Chapel Hill the whole off season has been nothing but let's be tough, let's get tough. So we'll see. I mean, we've we've been kind of going through this with Mac for a while, where his teams are not, and that's at Texas and North Carolina. So I don't know. I mean, I. Uh, you know, if I was a Tar Heel fan, I probably wouldn't put much stock in, in in the words, but they are a capable football team. And if South Carolina does not play well or thinks they're just going to go up there and roll over them because they're the mighty Gamecocks and the Tar Heels are the Tar Heels, then they got another thing coming. It's going to be a competitive ball game. I'm not sure I buy the shootout talk because it's really hard to have a shootout in an opening game because defenses are normally ahead of the obvious. You make mistakes on offense, you got to get in the rhythm, whatever. But, uh, you know, but, but you asked me, what do I expect out of Jake? Jake. Drake May. Uh, I think he'll have a good year and be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, if not the best. So Gamecocks will have their hands full with him. No question. No question about that. Both of these guys are going to be a lot of fun to watch and uh, a couple of elite quarterback matchups to open the season with LSU and Florida State falling in line very next day uh, in, uh, on that Sunday. All right, we got to hit our final timeout of our number one. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, Thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) 
Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you in the first hour by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call. She'll be happy to help you with all your Upstate residential real estate needs at 864-414-5271. I was looking to see a North Carolina schedule if they had a, uh, a decent chance of actually making a run at that SE, I mean, ACC. No, they got a tough road to hoe. <laughs> I told we talked about this last week with Mike Morgan or the week before, and the fact that they're they have I mean, in my opinion, maybe the strangest first four games of an opening slate in college football. They open with us and then App State. I say us, they open with South Carolina and then App State. Then Minnesota, and then they go to Pitt. And, you know, Pitt last year was nine and four for anybody that was keeping score at home. Um, finished right behind North Carolina in the coastal division, as a matter of fact. And, well, shoot, didn't, didn't Pitt? No, no, North Carolina beat them. That's right. Um, so, I mean, you 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 look at you look at that schedule and you think, well, if they lose against South Carolina, I mean, it who knows? It's just four very strange blue collar type games. Their schedule last year was weird too, guys. They they opened uh, in week zero against FAMU, then they went to App State and won sixty three to sixty one. Yeah, almost in a while. <laughs> and th- so yeah. maybe there will be a shootout. Who knows? And then they went to Georgia State and won by a touchdown. So they started three and zero, but it was like a weird three and zero. Yep. Um, and they ended up winning the division. Now, keep in mind in the ACC this year there are no more divisions. They're going to that fourteen team first and second mm-hmm. place team. Which right. look, I don't like it because I like the divisions because it means more access for more teams to play for significant college, you know, significant things in college football. Uh, but let's be honest, the Pittsburghs and Northwesterns and Colorados and, 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 and Arizonas of the world have not done much uh, when they've gotten in those championship game situations. So, uh, you know, South Carolina, Missouri included in the SEC. So you're going to get probably Clemson, Florida State part two um, if things kind of hold serve in that league uh, in Charlotte. So. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina won the division. Pitt actually won the conference the year before when Clemson did not. They didn't make it. It was Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. 
Well, that's a hell of a game, right? But hell, the, but Charlotte the, in December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so Pitt, Pitt's actually the only ACC team to win a, a conference title since Clemson got on their run. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Clemson. Well, in North Carolina last year, I mean, they finished nine and five, but. They won four. They, so they started the league. They started league play six and zero. Y'all remember that? And then they lost the last two, but four of those six wins they won by like eleven combined points. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was a. I mean, they were hanging on by a thread. And then they get beat. And then Clemson thumped them in the ACC championship game. And then they um, they got beat in the bowl game. I mean, it, they lost what four in a row or something in the season. Am I right? Yeah. They lost their both to Oregon out in the Holiday Bowl, and um, yeah. but it was a they came back. Like Oregon had a big lead, they lost they came one. back on them. But they, uh, so I mean, I guess you could take some private. I mean, that is the same old North Carolina man. I mean, you, if what you got to hope is if you're South, South Carolina, is that the trend continues that they, you know, they got some guys that are really good athletes that were really highly rated recruits that just haven't developed. Um, well, what have, what and what was it? In the last four games, too. You remember Drake May just did not finish well. He didn't throw for like yeah. over 250 yards or something the last four games. What, yeah, what it was. Do y'all remember? I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, I, I know they have offensive line issues, and I know that was an issue down the stretch, especially against Clemson. If you watch that one, it, Clemson's mighty defensive line yeah. is mighty. And they were mighty in that one. Uh, yeah. And then Cade Kublnik uh, lit them up and uh, – they couldn't. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't. They still can't. I mean, you know, I still have questions as to whether or not they could stop anybody. I don't hear even much. Like they lost Storm Duck out of their secondary, right? Right. Uh, for Bowling Springs, he went to Penn State and then left Penn State already. But uh, so I don't know. I, you know, I, I think I think Carolina's receivers against their secondary is going to be a big advantage. Uh, and you just got to hope South Carolina's offensive line. Like the, these defensive linemen, like they have a Miles Murphy. You guys remember him? He was he, he, people thought he was coming to South Carolina. He didn't. You know, Desmond Evans was a big time recruit, big long defensive end. They've got some other guys in that two deep that you really liked as recruits, but they just haven't played like it. Their linebackers are solid, not spectacular. Gene Chizik's a really good coordinator, but you know, he's matching. You know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Dow- Dowell Loggins will have to match wits with him, but um, you know, I. I I can't see them in a situation where they're just going to be able to tee off on Rattler and, and give him all kinds of problems all day, unless a lot of those guys have just gotten like raced from their floor to their ceiling in a, in a short amount of time. And you say that year after year after year, and it never happens. You, you kind of wonder, it probably won't happen this year either. Yeah. So, and they started that losing at the end of the year with a loss at home to Georgia Tech. To Georgia Tech, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it with an interim hard. coach, yeah, with an interim it, coach, it just wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't clicking. I mean, it yeah. was Georgia. Yeah. Georgia Tech has North Carolina's number up there ever since 1990, when North Carolina, who wasn't very good, tied them and probably cost them a unanimous national championship. Uh, Tech's won a lot of games in Chapel Hill. There's an old Derek Moore speech. In Chapel Hill, where Tech has to win to win the Coastal Division, and mm. they go out there and beat their face in pretty good. So, hour one what? is in the books, oh, yeah. Georgia uh, Tech, man, on uh, this uh, Tuesday afternoon. 
Uh, when we return, we'll get you teed up for first pitch tonight between South Carolina and Charlotte. And uh, how about some sticking on the theme of football, looking at some of the potential upsets and trap games in the Southeastern Conference. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doco. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with J.B., J.C., and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios. Second hour of the show here, kicking off. If you're uh, looking for a sponsorship opportunity, if you have a small business, you'd like to get name out there. Where do we get about six to seven thousand unique downloads and views every day, guys? Is that where we are? So, uh, yeah, hit us up. Send an email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. It's also the way to get into the I Help Consulting mailbag if you are interested in a sponsorship opportunity. Uh, real quick here from uh, baseball Braylon Winter named one of the 25 semifinalists for the Brooks Wallace Award. 
which is handed out each season. Excuse me, handed out each season to college baseball's best shortstop. Uh, so for that, whatever that was, a couple of weeks ago, that said he was tired of watching Braylon Wimmer suck it up out there. Well, he's according to the guys that know something, one of the twenty-five best in the country. Um, one of the seven best in the SEC, which generally means you're one of the 25 best in the country. So congratulations to Braylon Wimmer, and uh, we'll see how he finishes the year as to whether he is able to bring that award home. Speaking of finishing the year, tonight at 7 o'clock, they will throw the first pitch at Founders Park Game 2 in this home-and-home series between the 49ers of Charlotte and South Carolina. Kate Austin will get the start. Clark Deerman will get for Charlotte, the lefty is 2-0 with a 4.74 ERA, 24 strikeouts and 19 innings, 4 walks. Uh, I very much anticipate, by the way, that this will be similar to previous midweeks. See how far Kate Austin can take them, maybe two, maybe three, and then turn it over to the bullpen. And uh, I'll just, you know, see what happens. I mean, they, they, they got to win the game if they want to play their way back into a top eight they have to win tonight unless they go win the sec tournament championship and i wouldn't hang my hat on that because they rarely even win a game in hoover um with all that said you know if there's anything that is on top of the what are we watching for agenda for carolina baseball tonight is the offense let's let's see if they can kind of click it back into gear and um what that looks like. Will McGillis might be in the lineup tonight. I don't know if Wimmer will be in there defensively. I would anticipate he will definitely be in there offensively. Uh, But you might see Will McGillis in there too. And so, you know, I think, JC, if we're we're thinking about – if I'm thinking about this correctly, taking yourself around the diamond and you've got – if you're able to get Stone back, if Stone stays in center, which he should, and then you move Dylan Brewer to left, which you should, and then Petri in right, Messina's fine. He just had a cramp, so he's behind the plate. Lee Croy at third, Braswell at short, McGillis at second, Casas at first. You're back to having some options again. You know, so you're you're DHing Wimmer for the pitcher. Um, Denny has gone back to struggling, but you've got him there off the bench. You've got Tippett off the bench. You've got French off the bench. Um, Carson you know, you, Horning. Carson Horning off mm. the bench. So, you know, you've got you've got some options. I, I'll tell you what, man. And I'm not sure, like, like I think he's been discounted because he started the year, kind of struggled, and he struggled late last year because he got hurt. But I would imagine that, See, this is why you don't quit. Kevin Madden quitting on his team 11 games into the season, he would have played a ton in the last month. And he could have played his way right back into where you couldn't pull him out of the lineup like somebody else who didn't quit named Michael Braswell. Yep. So, I mean, you know, that's I, – I, he, he, he had – he was adding depth. Like, if you actually think about this team and, like, what it was built to be, you think about that. Madden would have still been there. Jacob Compton, guy who, I mean, who knows how much Gavin Casas would have even played uh, with Compton supposedly coming in as the first baseman. So, 
you got all these arms that have gone down. I mean, once again, a bunch of injuries is happening everywhere, though. But it's just fascinating to even think about the fact that they literally had <laughs> just, what, a week ago, 10 days ago? They had, like, nobody. They couldn't was, do anything. I mean, people don't yeah. understand that. You know, like the, the Twitter morons that can't wait to yell at Kingston all the time. They don't have anything to do with their lives. And they just, you know, tweet at the baseball count and all that crap like they ain't paying attention to it. Like, they literally didn't have anybody on the bench. I mean, I'm not sure what you want them to do. Like, it was tough. So, hopefully uh, hopefully those guys can get in there and Jeez. get it clicking. I mean, they didn't have anybody. They had nobody you on the bench. You can have to dip into your bullpen to field your infield. Yeah. I mean, well, they, <laughs> yeah. were literally, they were literally talking about playing Chris Beach at second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. By the way, congratulations Matthew Becker, Evan Stone, and Caleb Denny. Becker and Stone are currently on a ride. Uh, they're uh, all um, the case for all those guys. So uh, we didn't hear you because yeah. uh, a little bit <laughs> of an internet issue there. We're it's having issues. Internet. You've been speeding Gonzalez for a little bit, and I, I don't. I think it's my internet. I don't know what the hell's wrong with it today. I'm, I'm mad. I was not in a good mood when I came on here, and this technology is pissing me off even further. <laughs> You're gonna have to have I a mean, word I, with the commissar up there. I mean, I, I did, well, there's yeah, you got to pay like yeah, the internet guy that comes and checks it. Then you got to pay the wire guy. Then you got to pay the guy that screws it on the wall. Then you got to pay them the router guy. I mean, it's like up here, it's you know, pay the router guy, pay me beef sandwich. I got an estimate. The router guy. For house cleaning yesterday, seventeen hundred dollars. What? What a month? How's sitting that messy, folks? <laughs> I mean, we're not a bunch of hoarders here, right? Uh, or just like, that wow. house forty five hundred square feet? Gee, I tell you no, what, Jason, it's, it's not big Jason, enough. I'll cut you a deal. I'll fly up and clean it for fifteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll save you two hundred dollars. Easy, easy peasy. Uh, yeah. that's, well, I had to run downstairs. You know, because our our neighbor's son, um, he works at Stanley Steamer, so he's actually been cleaning all of our carpets and our furniture and all that stuff. So I had to run down and check on the dogs because they're outside and it's like eighty and Capers is fifteen and he's out there like, dude, come on, man, I got to get in. This is getting a little ridiculous. Come on, man. Screw the carpet. I've met Capers. I've met Capers. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 struggling. I did I wanna I, I wanna mention this too. I, I uh we got this question back uh an hour ago and I'm sorry to Hain. I wrote it down and and had every anticipation of getting answered it quickly and I, I never did. Uh he asked, Are the summer baseball leagues invite only and how does that work? So um I don't want to act like a know-it-all for all of them because they all are a little bit different. But to summarize for you, bud, yes, uh, you get invited to come play, uh, and then you get placed on a team. Um, At the same time, though, it's up to your coaches generally to – to help you get that invite to kind of shop you around a little bit. Um, I mean, I could, you know, probably be easiest for me to, you know, tell some of my story a little bit, but this isn't about me. So we'll just put it this way. Like there are guys like on this baseball program that 
are going to go to the Cape. You know, that's where they're going to go. The Cape is the best. But there are other leagues that are really, really good. Really good. Like the Coastal Plains League has turned into an outstanding league. Um, the Northwoods League up there in like the Minnesota area, Wisconsin, like northern, like that area of the country in the summer, it's just a beautiful place to play baseball. Uh, there's even a league that's developed out in like western Nebraska, um, Wyoming, and Idaho that's really become a, a great league. And there's leagues that have popped up everywhere. They had one not long ago in the low country, as a matter of fact. And, um, and so they're all pretty good and they all add something a little bit different. But, you know, and some of these guys want to go play in the best league they can play in. Some of them want to stay closer to home. Some of them look at travel schedules. And some of them say, hey, look, I want to go play somewhere where the weather's awesome and I get to see a part of the country I've never seen before. I think Cole Messina last year went up and played in the in the Northwoods League. I think he was in Minnesota or Wisconsin or Michigan or something like that. Um, there's even a league in the, in uh, Alaska. So, yeah, they're they're invite only, but you know you kind of shop yourself around a little bit, and 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 that's kind of kind of how it works, and and you kind of dictate it too. You know, hey, look, I can only throw X number of innings this summer, blah 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 blah. So, kind of figure it out from there. But um, there you go. That's a little bit of a answer to that question. And then uh, Craig asks, uh, do you agree that Monty has had a huge effect on Braswell's bat this year? He looks much more comfortable out there. Uh yeah, sure, I absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Monty is fantastic. I mean, I, th- I think that Braswell just needed some confidence, and Monty's really good about that. You know, Monty's really good about helping you build your confidence. And um, there's some coaches that like to coach during the game or try to teach, and that's a that's a big no-no to me. Uh, and Monty's a guy who's just like put his put his arm around you and just kind of like Coach Tanner used to do, but a little bit differently. You know, hey, it's your turn. Go up there and do what you do. What you do. So, yeah, I think he's helped him a lot, um, certainly from that aspect as well. Are y'all alive? Yeah, I, I, think, going on here? I think Monty's had a, uh, a big impact on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Guy says he'd drive up here at clean for 1700 weekly. Yeah. I don't know. I like this lady. She's kind of cool. So I'm probably going to. Wait, you said that was 1700 a week? No, no, no. It's not weekly. Right. Nah, it's, it's one. They come in and do what's called a deep clean. Uh, oh, okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, That's that big one time payment. Um, yeah. 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 Well, that upfront money, right? Mm-hmm. Got you. <laughs> that's, well, that. so, that's, that's, you know, we'll see. We need to clean up because, you know, who knows? Who knows when we may uh, have to sell this joint and head on back home, right? So uh, oh. got to get it looking spiffy for the uh, for certain things. So um, anyway, yeah, Clint's like they need to clean the internet. I know Clint. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's been I a know. tough day. It's been a tough day so <laughs> far. Tough day. Uh, just yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah I'm just sort of frustrated with. Uh, I don't know, like the, the Logan Diggs situation is, is kind of frustrating me. I mean, it's, it, it's frustrating anytime, you know, and there's a reason why people go quiet on things, you know, when you're trying to dig it up because everybody's trying to dig it up and stuff. And I know everybody wants to know in double time. Uh, it, it, I, I know everybody wants to know who like the mystery guys are. And I, I could, you know, I could easily not talk about it. 
somewhere, but I don't feel like I'd be doing my job. I, I tell you guys as much as I can. I got a little, I got a little blowback about that today, and I was just kind of, kind of took me back a little bit. But uh, I probably also woke up too damn early. I, I woke up at three this morning. Uh, got some videos up. Uh, got a got a JC and Morgan Spurs up show today. And this is also the day I do an hour of radio in Columbia at six o'clock in the morning with yep. Bill and Preston, which I love doing. But sometimes, like when you're rolling on something, and then you got to go break and do that, and then you got to go take carpool, and then you got people that are complaining. Uh, it, it's uh, it gets a little it gets a little iffy, you know. And I got to prepare mentally for bingo night tonight too. Oh, well, I mean, now, now, okay, this is making a lot more sense here. Like, Phil, you know, last week, last week they won at bingo. That's one. If you win two, they call that a winning streak. That's it has streak. happened That's before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bingo. Uh, nice. Now, now it's all making sense because I have to do an hour on Monday mornings with 107.5 the game and. You know, I, I don't get down in the dumps about it. And I have the worst time slot of the week. It Monday morning after Carolina loses on a weekend is the worst day in the world to be on the radio. Like, I, I, I told Bill, like, when we got into football season, I was like, man, if this thing really starts going south, I'm just letting you know that I'm going to, like, dip out on you. Like, I'll let you know. Like, so you don't, so you don't pressure me into sticking around, like – I'm just going to stop answering your phone calls. Just kind of a heads up. Like, I'm not, I'm just going to totally bail on you. Never talk to you again. <laughs> that type of thing. And uh, Carolina baseball was really being helpful for a while through the last couple of weekends and Monday mornings. You got yeah, to find a way to keep it together. Week. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know? I mean, every time I'm like, I'm on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun. Today we opened up with a, a great conversation about uh, the hit me between the eyes with the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, dude. I Is it know. really Martha Stewart? I saw a picture yeah. on the, uh, the they're, and they're the worst wow. about that. Like Preston, will be like, all right, I got a question for you. Would you rather eat a gerbil or a shoe? And I'm like, what, <laughs> dude? It's seven o'clock. I, I just poured my first cup of coffee. Like, I'll say shoe. I'll definitely go shoe on that because it's not, you know, you can kind of boil it, maybe prepare it, just put a little salt on it. It's like beef jerky. I guess. A gerbil to me would be a little, I mean, are we talking live, alive or dead? Gerbil is not a good eat for me. Like, would you eat it? Would you eat a gerbil for $1 million in cash? Well, hell yeah. Sure, I don't would. know if I could do it, man. I the mental and physical anguish of that to me, because I'd barf all over the place. I mean, I, 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 couldn't, <laughs> I can't even drink warm beer without, you know, I'm like, uh-uh, I got I'm, my stomach's a little sensitive, you know. Uh, <clears throat> of course, I can, I can eat spicy peppers and crap like that and not feel a thing, but uh, I, like nasty stuff I can't do. So uh, yeah, Joe mentioned Richard Gear. Clean, man. My man, Joe Richard mentioned Gere. Richard Richard Gear when it came to gerbils. <laughs> I love I, anybody that makes that connection is a good dude in my book. Yeah, that's well right. Yeah. The Richard Gear connection. Very well done, Because yeah. I always think Martha. of Richard Gear when I think of gerbils. Same. And yes, Clint Martha Stewart will be on the front front page of uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. So, that's I was like, y'all are trying to get me canceled. First thing, 
Right. About, yeah, that's right. Hey, you want this about, to be the last time we talk. <laughs> think about this for a second. Martha Stewart went from like being like homemaker Martha Stewart to prison to the front page of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> like, you, prison changed Martha because she came out and started buddying <laughs> up with Snoop. And then, you know, it's like, like what, what world are we in? Like, Martha Stewart. <laughs> Is in prison? I, I was like, well, she makes a hell of a – I said this. I said – because I was just going to shut up, right? I was like, well, she makes a hell of a casserole. And then I was like, no, that's Paula Dean. And then I was like, I would rather see Paula Dean in a swimsuit on the cover of Sports Illustrated than Martha Stewart. And then that opened a whole different debate and can of worms and, and all that. Yeah. Well – I mean, I know they, and you only have 11 minute segments on there. I'm sure if Bill or Preston's watching this right now, they're like, Hey man, hey, the breaks come quickly. You can't explain yourself. It's like, you know, you just kind of go, ah, you got to get it all in. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I have such a, as y'all well know, like a radio mind from doing it forever that like, I'm always watching my phone and I know we're at set. Okay. We're at seven 11. I got a minute. And then if I've got something to say, I'll be like, all right, well, I'll tell you what, when we get back from break, you know, because I, you know, we have to do that here too, but not like there. Because if you ramble over, you still have to play the break, and then you come back. You got three minutes. You got to go back to break again. So, yeah. I'm she's just like eighty-one. Man. Yes, Paula Dean. No, Martha Stewart, eighty-one years old. She's got a one piece on for the uh, front page of uh, Sports Illustrated. Wow. I mean, it's probably going. Man, I'm just saying. I, I'm like the Sports Illustrated. I mean, come on, yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. Having the Kathy Ireland being on the front of it, or you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Denise Richards still actually looks good at sixty. I mean, hey, maybe. No. Don't nobody want to see that, man. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You could oh, Jennifer Aniston, who amazingly uh, hasn't aged. Oh, yeah, sure somebody, if you want to go older. <laughs> I'm sure somebody wants to see it. That's why they she's on there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just uh, I, what, like, what, look, where have we <laughs> Just cancel the damn thing. Just quit doing it, okay? Well, does, uh, quit doing it. If we're at the point in, where we have to have Martha Stewart on the front of it to yeah, satisfy but, some whatever, just stop just, doing it. Some sort of inclusionary stuff. That's right. I'm like, I don't know what they're satisfying, but yeah. As the every woman. Come on, man. (laughs) Do you really think, you know, that's like people that talk about Playboy and say, we used to read the articles. (laughs) Oh, really? You got Playboy for the All American football team every year, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. No, I both. I, I like. I just like the designs of the swimsuits because I'm a fashion guy. Oh, sure. Yeah, I believe right. you. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Well, anyway. I don't know. We're. Uh, what are we doing right now? It's uh, time what for a are break. We doing? Uh, tw- <laughs> I don't want to know what some of you are doing, but it's twelve twenty-five. So we'll hit a uh, timeout on that note. When we return. There is a. Some of these guys are probably going out of the store to buy that swimsuit edition of yeah. Warped. Hey, look, man. I used to love Just me some curtains. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's that casserole recipe, baby? Come on. That, uh, 
I don't even know if people still get Sports <laughs> Illustrated delivered to their homes anymore. I, I, I used to as a kid. I, I, I got it. And every year the Swimsuit Edition, I was like standing at the mailbox the day that it was coming. The guy didn't even put it in the mailbox. He just handed it to me. But um, these days, I don't think that that's the way it works anymore. So This magazine is going to be stickier in a little while. Oh, come on. Because of the humidity in, in South Carolina. Oh, is that, well, yeah, yeah, and we also read the articles. All right. Meeting when, we get, when we get back, uh, we will look at college football, or excuse me, the SEC's potential trap games of 2023. One really st- stood out. Uh, God. Phil, get us the hell out of here. <laughs> if you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric bikes at Charleston Powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. That was the most appropriate music to come back from this break on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on a serious note. I, That's I, right. Yeah, we might have something else to talk about. I'm going to grab control this thing real quick here. Uh, on a serious note, uh, uh, Southern Miss head baseball coach Scott Barry is retiring at the end of the year. 
that will be another one of those domino type situations that could lead back to this state. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, they, 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 according to Kendall Rogers, they will more than likely just promote their pitching coach. Um, but he'll also have to hire others and, there's just a big web of coaches that have ties to South Carolina. So let's just see what, uh, let's see what comes of it. But that's just something to, to, to note there. All right. Uh, our, our buddy Brad Crawford has published a column, the SEC football's potential upsets, trap games across 2023 in conference play. So I'm just going to read these here, not read the details of it. I'm just going to read the games that he listed, and then uh, we'll go from there. He does have Kentucky at South Carolina, which I find is very interesting because the Gamecocks just last year finally beat them. Um, So uh, that's either, you know, I don't know, trap game, upset, whatever. He's got LSU at Missouri on October the 7th, A&M at Ole Miss on November the 4th, Alabama at Auburn. Last day of the year, November 25th, A&M at Tennessee. So I guess he's high on A&M making a comeback this year with Bobby Petrino literally grinding the gears on the offense. Uh, Arkansas at LSU, September the 23rd. Alabama at A&M. Brad seems to be high on A&M. Georgia at Auburn. Tennessee at Florida. Oh, and there's one other one. South Carolina at Georgia? I'm not going to get called up in that again this year. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Uh-uh. After everything y'all Look, just said man. in the last five minutes, y'all are, you're going to shut your traps now? Come on. God, yeah, well, about this game, I was like, oh, I think South Carolina, you know, if they were going to pull an upset at the beginning of last year, was like, I think Georgia's the one you're looking at, not Arkansas. But, yeah, no. Uh, I, did not, I did not pick that at all. No. Here, here's a hot take about Georgia. I think they'll have a better passing game this year than they did last year. Um, yeah. Even though they're changing quarterbacks because they got Dominic Lovett and Ra-Ra Thomas from Missouri and Mississippi State, two of the best receivers in the SEC. Uh, plus, they continue to recruit well at that position. Plus, they still have their backs. Uh, they still have offensive line. Carson Beck looks good. Mike Bobo's calling the plays. I know people don't around here don't like him, but he's really good. Defensively, though, I just don't think they can keep up the pace. Uh, and if you look at some teams that gave them trouble last year, Tennessee did not really. Yeah, Ohio State did though. Ohio State, good quarterback, elite skill talent uh, on the perimeter, and uh, they dialed him up. They, they diced him up pretty good. That's Ohio State. South Carolina is probably not, definitely not as talented as the Buckeyes, but, um, you know, early uh, first SEC opener, they have like two scrimmages before uh, they play the Gamecocks. There's always overconfidence that happens uh, with teams, um, and they've handed it to Carolina pretty doggone good the last three years, so there's no reason to have a ton of respect, right? I um, I, I just don't, it, I don't it would, see it. It's at home. It would take – it would take Rattler having an unbelievable game. South Carolina's offensive line would have to have one of those games kind of like they did in 2019 where 
they played above themselves uh, against Georgia's yeah. defensive front. Uh, probably Georgia, the best thing you can hope for is a noon. Probably the best thing you hope for is a noon kickoff. Those noon kickoffs in Athens because the noon kickoffs in Athens tend to be a little bit more subdued. Yeah, but that, that's that's not games. that's that, that's not happening. I they're just not, you know I don't not kick that game at noon. I you know I don't know. You got you got two new starting corners out there for the Gamecocks. Uh, I think Bobo will. Uh, have some some ball plays dialed up. Uh, I am curious to see the, diff- the the nuances and the differences between Monken and Bobo because they're not really all that alike. It's it's still kind of a quote unquote pro style offense, but they have different styles. You know, Georgia's going to get in the eye again like they used to and try to pound it at you. You know, so South Carolina's defensive front's going to have to be ready. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't I don't ever count any game out, but. I don't have that. I don't have most of those games on listed as trap games. And I know that it's list season and Brad's got to facilitate a lot of lists. And part of what Brad does, and you got to respect him for it, is he does make calls like way in advance, right? Yeah. So people will mm-hmm. read and have conversation and stuff. And I respect him for that. Like we're doing. I just, yeah. I just don't know if I was coming out. I don't know. I don't know that some of those are trap games. I mean, uh, I think we're. You know, I love Bobby Petrino as a play caller, and I think he, if uh, if Jimbo keeps his hands off of it, A and M could be one of the most improved offenses in the league. And I think they're pretty salty on defense, so A and M could be really good. But I'm not counting on it yet. Um, I, I don't know how good Kentucky is going to be this year, uh, especially coming to Columbia the week before Thanksgiving. I mean, that's kind of later. In, that's later in the, in the season. I guess the pandemic here, that game was at the end, but that's later in the season than it's ever been. So it's kind of a a different kind of setup. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I, I, uh, I don't know that Texas A&M going in and beating Tennessee would be an upset. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's just, uh, or, you know, I, so I just don't know. You know, I guess that's my answer to all that. I well, I, I don't think uh, that that's going to be a noon game either because that's going to be – CBS's first chance to get the defending national champions on their network. And this is the final year that CBS mm. has it. I've got a gut feeling because Florida and Tennessee also play that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game's in the swamp. But I've got a gut feeling that that um, that CBS is going to want to take Florida and South uh, – sorry, Georgia and South Carolina between the hedges because you just pointed out a second ago – JC, that they've got Ball State and who? UT Martin before that, Georgia does. So they're not, you know, and so that's going to be their first crack at getting the dogs. Of course, they also, you know, could say, hey, look, we're probably going to have plenty of chances to get Georgia on our schedule this year because they're, you know, freaking Georgia uh, with the fact that they still got to go to Auburn two weeks later and they got Florida down the road. That game's already on CBS, the cocktail party. Uh, They got to go to Tennessee. So I don't know, maybe not. But um, that's not going to be a noon kick. It's going to either be at three thirty, or ESPN is going to pick it, pick it up, and play it that that evening. Yeah, and there's only I three conference four- games that week too, so it's limited availability. Yeah, it's, CBS, it, there's a limited know. availability. So it, it, I would say probably CBS or a, or a night night kick at Sanford for that one. Also. Yeah, I mean, you look at Georgia's schedule. That Auburn game, September thirtieth, is down there. They've owned Auburn, though. I mean, they they've got it made. Now they do play Ole Miss, depending on how good they are this year. That's intriguing, but they come to Athens. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's their last home game. They go to Knoxville and they go to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. I thought they played Georgia Tech in Atlanta last year. Maybe I, I was wrong about that. Anyway, uh, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. This is 2021. But, uh, you know, they go to Tennessee <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving, um, which if the, the predictions hold, going up to Knoxville that late, boy, that's the uh, streak ends if there's not a, another upset. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I, I think if, if, if Florida happens to go to Salt Lake City and surprise Utah, and Tennessee holds serve against Virginia. I, I can see CBS sticking with the traditional Tennessee Florida matchup. They usually televise that. Um, when was the last time Georgia Carolina was on CBS? Was that uh, was 2018 in Columbia? Yeah, 2017 and 2018. CBS had that game because they, they they played the first weekend in November in 2017. And then uh, and that was on CBS in the 2018 in Columbia. So was that the last time? Kind of, mm-hmm. Was it because okay. uh, 2019 was on ESPN noon kickoff? Well, I knew. Yeah. 2020 was at night on night. SEC Network. 2021 was at night on ESPN, and then last year was uh, noon ESPN. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, in Columbia. I well. Which is, you know, it it, it'll either be. I mean, we're going to know May thirty first, one way or another. For anybody that missed that, yeah. Uh, the ES, so ESPN will announce theirs, but right around that same time as SEC meetings in Destin, and that's generally when you're going to get the first three weeks of CBS anyway. So, um, you're gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know. Uh, and if 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 this game, if this game is not, if CBS hasn't released theirs yet, and ESPN does. And Carolina's not on it that week, then you're going to know that CBS has already targeted Georgia and South Carolina. So it'll it'll pretty much be able to to uh, to sum itself up. Quantrell, by the way, says here in the uh, the chat box, it's such a disservice that Florida and Georgia is not a home and home series. Imagine Clemson and Carolina being played in Charlotte every year. So that's an interesting. That's a real. That's really interesting. I, number one. Uh, Quantrell, I know that Florida and Georgia fans love that series being in Jacksonville. Like, they they thoroughly enjoy it. With that said, Kirby Smart's been pushing to get it out of there and uh, and go back to home and home, and his reasoning has nothing to do with the fans. It has everything to do with re- losing a recruiting weekend. There might be an opportunity for that to happen because I don't know if anybody remembers or not. Y'all remember when the Jaguars – came to Jacksonville they actually had to move this game from there for a little while uh, because they were building the ballpark well they're about to renovate it and I think this is the last year in the 24 actually might be the last year on the contract for Georgia and Florida and then they're going to renovate the ballpark down in Jacksonville so they're trying to while they do that they they're more than likely going to move it back for a couple of years maybe or maybe just one year uh to to somebody well I can tell you it won't be one year <laughs> because Florida ain't going to let Georgia get it for one and Georgia is not going to let Florida get it for one uh so they would either go to another neutral site or they would take a home and home for two seasons and then move it back into Jacksonville but Kirby's looking at an opportunity to get it out of there permanently to not lose a recruiting weekend, which would be, of course, every other year as a recruiting weekend, um, 
at home. In addition to that, though, the Jaguars are trying to figure out, well, where are we going to go? So at this point in time, they actually have their eyes set on North Florida's 12,000-seat ballpark to play for a year or two. 12,000? That's all they've got in Jacksonville. So that's kind of right now where that stands, but that could be could be really interesting. And to Bill's point here, yes, and I agree with you. Losing that recruiting weekend has crushed Kirby's recruiting yes. legacy. I would I would I would say it a little bit differently. Um I don't think it really has anything to do with his legacy, Bill, but to your point, absolutely I agree with you. It has not affected George's recruiting at all. Uh, they're fine. They sign the best players in the country every year, like every one of them, except for Alabama, who signs the other 20 or whatever it is. So um, I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I, Kirby, while he has pull, will not be the head football coach for the rest of Georgia's football lifespan. He will at some point in time have to retire. And um, – so I I don't I I don't agree I don't agree with Quantrell though as much as I love you my man you're one of my favorite people uh, on our program I um, I think that Georgia and Florida fans I know for a matter matter of fact they love that series down there and it's a little bit different from Clemson and Carolina while they are a hated heated rival um, it's not the interstate rivalry that you have with the Gamecocks or like Florida and Florida State. Which is, which makes his next comment even funnier. It's like they should play in Tallahassee. <laughs> like, could you oh, yeah. imagine that? Oh, do you imagine the damn Florida happen. State fans walking out there and seeing a gator yeah. on a damn so, turf? And be like, the Jaguars and everything else, man. No the Jags, the Jags just need to play in Orlando. Like, it's two hours away, and when Spurrier coached that Orlando team, uh, the headquarters are actually in Jacksonville. <laughs> I had to drive down because of money. Yeah. But uh, but the Citrus Bowl has been re- – I mean, it would work perfectly for a season for them. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Either that I or – I don't know why it would Tampa. take two years. Like, why would it take two years to do what you're going to do? They should do – I mean, it's probably going to try to make it super nice. nice. Yeah, but you can still put people in the ballpark while you're renovating the stadium. You just got to get the stands done first, right? I don't know. What do I know? I've never renovated one, so I'll just shut up and not say anything else. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, yeah. Jack- about the Jaguars playing to Tallahassee. That, that's another Tallahassee's what two hours. That... Oh, the Jaguars <laughs> playing. Hey, they're moving to oh. Chicago. They're going to take. Uh, they're going to come to Chicago. They're going to take uh, the Bears' place at Soldier Field. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Did you imagine? I would. Re- I would definitely re- rename it the Beef if they moved up here. You, you, there's yeah. no way you're going to survive with the, calling it the Jaguars. I don't. I don't think that Florida State would probably allow that. Anyways, I mean, what are you gaining out of that? Now that and it used to be like when NFL teams would go, like when Clemson had the Panthers, they kicked them some money for some facilities or whatever. And I remember, yeah, I was thinking how, trying to remember, yeah, how Mike well McGee said no to that <laughs> for the playing in Columbia, but he was kind of anti pro sports because he had been the AD at Cincinnati and at Southern Cal, and he had to compete with you know all those teams out there. And so Clemson ended up getting them, and it, it, it didn't do anything to revolution. 
facilities or anything, to my recollection. Uh, but like the Panthers training at Wofford now, Wofford stuff looks pretty tight. You know, uh, I know when the Falcons trained at Furman for a short time, uh, they put some money into it. So sometimes there's some advantages. Uh, or there was back in the day, but with the money in college football these days, it's almost like, no, why? You know, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, though, is like, I mean, UCF plays at the Bounce House, which is across town. So it's just sitting there free. So to me, I, I would, that would be, that would be the no brainer um, to play it in Orlando. But um, anyway, uh, no, the Jaguars definitely are coming to Chicago to, to, to move into Soldier Field if they don't remodel the stadium. Uh, so if, if this this remodeling falls off, you know that they're Chicago. Hmm. Craig has an interesting question. Why do some people say Jaguars? I feel like that's what I say, Jaguars. I was going to say we'll ask JP because he just said it. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars. 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 I've always said the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars. Ja- I don't. Jaguars. I don't know. This is ridiculous. I've never <laughs> even thought about it. Craig, <laughs> screw you, man. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, j- just, just, just go with it. <laughs> Jaguars and Panthers are very similar animals, anyway. Yeah, like yeah, it's like it, they're doubling up. Anyway. Oh, here comes the peanut gallery. Both of you. Go read, go, go, go read your Martha Stewart magazines. Okay. You leave <laughs> leave this stuff to the pros, all right? <laughs> Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what I say. Bears. I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> Jaguars. No, I say Jaguars. Yeah. War. Jaguars? War, like you know, like your house is war. That's so ridiculous. Jaguars, Jaguar, Jaguar. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Montreal asked if Martha Stewart was in Playboy. Next month. (laughs) It's not pronounced like Esquire. Jaguars, Jaguars, Jack. Jack. All right. It's twelve forty-seven. We got to hit a timeout. It's our final timeout of the afternoon. Thank God we're going to take this break all the way until eleven fifty, twelve fifty-nine. <laughs> you say jag say jaguars three times over, and we'll be right back. approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company. 
where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Oh, deep drive to left. Morgan looks up, and it is gone. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes. And it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. All right. I've, I've got a ruling here. Oh. And I'm with Kevin. Kevin, you just backed me up. Thank you. According to Professor Joseph Fioretta at Hofstra University, it doesn't freaking matter. Jaguar and Jaguar are the same exact thing. It's just all how you want to pronounce it because of how you say your vowels. So, Craig and 76, and who am I missing here? Somebody, big slamma jamma. Y'all enjoy your Martha Stewart swimsuit magazines. Have a nice day. <laughs> you gotta think i mean she's appealing to the uh the, the magazine the the dying magazine generation right so i mean maybe that is on brand yeah <laughs> although i did have like a, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say i got a uh, southern living sitting on my damn counter the other day that was uh signed up for by my 14 year old yeah but what <laughs> A Southern Living magazine. I, I opened the mailbox the other day. There's a Southern Living in there, like it was, you know, 1988. And I t- walked in there and looked at it, and the name on it is my daughter's. And I'm like, "Did you sign up for Southern Living?" She was like, "I didn't think I did." I'm like, "Well, you know, I don't know how you're paying for it. Though she doesn't have the ability to pay for it, so Southern Living's just going to be out of subscription." <laughs> <laughs> Randomly sending into us, so desperate to send the magazines, but yeah, I still like my Paula Dean idea. I probably would like her on the swimsuit issue a little. Man, I had an ex girl time. We went to Paula Dean's place in Pigeon Forge, and this was hilarious. Uh, we're sitting there eating it, it's a feast, you know, it's delicious, and you get really full quick. Hmm. All of a sudden, she looks up at the waiter's like, Can I get some butter, please? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> We're at Paula Dean's freaking restaurant. It was made in butter. Yeah, that's nothing right. but butter on the table. No matter how it's no matter how it's construed, you know, there's yeah. butter everywhere, right? You ask for butter at Paula Dean's. <laughs> Speaking Lordy of butter, have mercy. My kids are really starting to fill in the gaps. Where uh, this weekend they got their aunt who's in town with. Hey, they call her Aunt Dinker. Hey, Aunt Dinker. Yeah, Riley. They call me Butter because I'm on a roll. 
<laughs> that's adorable. I said, yes. Yeah, We're going to be no. millionaires. If you've ever met JB's twins, that's adorable. And those two are personalities, man. They are something else. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that's funny. That made my day. I'm in a better mood now, guys. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's here, great. this will put you in an even better mood. The British say Jaguar, Jaguars. Oh, they also say yeah. aluminium and all corn. <laughs> Jaguar pronunciations. Jaguars, damn redcoats. <laughs> they call their mother mum. Mum. Yeah, yeah. Say hello to my mum on Mother's Day. Yeah. My mum. Mm-hmm. My mum. Hey, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off. Hats off to all of those inducted last night into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame, by the way. It was a yeah. uh, really an amazing night. I, I, there was um, a really neat story that Joe Hamilton told. He's from Alvin, South Carolina, um, which is down here. Macedonia High School uh, out in the Andrews, uh, just north of uh, UG area of South Carolina, if anybody knows where that is, up Highway 41. And um, – and uh, he's told a really neat story. He said, when I started to make my run for the Heisman Trophy, no, nobody knew where Alvin was. And so the governor, I- at that point in time, I believe it was Jim Hodges, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, actually had to come down and do a ceremony and put Alvin on the actual map because it wasn't on the map. And uh, <laughs> his name was being splashed all over the nation from Alvin, South Carolina. Nobody could find it. Um, so that was a really neat story. But uh, last week, of course, if any of you missed those interviews that we had three consecutive days in our Born to Crow series, uh, Robert Brooks last Tuesday, Don Ellerby on Wednesday, and Mark Person on Thursday, they were really all very special conversations. They told some really neat stories. So if you missed it, please go back and check it out. Um, you can head to the YouTube page for Inside the Gamecocks of the Show. And um, those are all actually, I think, cut up on there right now so you can just listen to the interview themselves if you don't want to scroll through the entire program but uh, make sure you check that out so hats off to everybody inducted into the hall of fame last night and then i'll kind of roll that over tomorrow our born to crow series guest is none other than the great landon powell uh who will join us at 11 20 a.m and uh, lp will get to talk about his north greenville program that they're the number one seed in the division two uh play uh tournament they will host a regional, and that, that begins play on Thursday uh, up there in the upstate. So go North Greenville University. And Landon, of course, will also talk about South Carolina and a lot of stuff, and, and we'll get into his hometown of Apex, North Carolina, and all those type things. And um, his time in the big leagues. Anybody remember Landon caught a perfect game uh, for the Oakland Athletics? So there's a lot of stuff to discuss with Landon Powell tomorrow at 11:20 on our program, part of the Born to Crow series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I don't know why we're not doing it in person. I live 10 minutes from there. <laughs> so Brad yeah. has another list out about ace teams leaving. So Tech to the Big Ten, NC State to the. SEC, Clemson to the SEC, North Carolina to the Big Ten, Florida State to the SEC, to the Big Ten. I don't see that happening that way. Well, I tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we just get Brad on our show 
and then Phil, you and I oh, yeah. cut our mics nice off. Stuff. We sit back and we'll let Brad and JC oh, throw no. some blows at each other. Like and, the old days. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I understand I understand the logic behind it as far as like those schools. I mean uh he cites the Virginia Tech sources and says that they the the structurally the, their student body fits the Big Ten better. Um it does a big land grant school like Iowa or but also like Auburn and, and whoever else. Um I just don't see the SEC going, oh, yeah, we'll take Florida State, Clemson, and NC State. No. I don't either. I, I think they'd love to get North Carolina, and I think they'd love to get into Virginia, but I, 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 I kind of see them working north and south. Plus, if you take three – I mean, where's Georgia Tech and all this, too? I mean, we've got the Magnificent uh, not in Seven, the so to speak. That's right. Yeah, yeah well, to, uh, but they're not – I mean, the- are, are they not – are they satisfied with their revenue gap? I mean, they're poor. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 the Georgia's, I mean, they tech the few techs there, they, they gripe about it all the time. There's no way financially they can compete. Paul Johnson said it in those schools. So um, where are they at in this discussion? Where's Pittsburgh in this discussion? Uh, Cause those are schools that care about football. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like the Wake Forest and Dukes and Boston colleges. And, I mean, you know, BC you put the big care, but, you know. I where's think, Notre Dame and all this? They have the where's Louisville? Louisville. Well, where's Notre Dame going to be when uh, NBC realizes they care more about their Big Ten contract than they do about Notre Dame's? Yeah, that's got to be mm-hmm. coming soon. Uh, it's coming. I think the SEC needs to add Rutgers and Hawaii. <laughs> Fair. It was a trip to New York and Honolulu every other year. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, that's not bad for the rotation. That's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is the oldest, you know, football program, right? That's where football started. Uh, I think yeah, it's the birthplace of college football. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Congratulations to Zach Pickens, signed a four-year, $5.7 million contract with the Chicago Bears, one point, almost $1.2 million in signing, bonuses, and $2.2 million guaranteed, according to SpotTrack.com. That is awesome for Zach. He's going to need every penny if he's going to live up here. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll get his house cleaned a couple times a year, according to the Schubert family. Yeah, of that, he'll only clear a million after taxes. <laughs> yeah, that's, if that, yeah. All right, we're out of here. Appreciate everybody for joining us today on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Landon Powell tomorrow in our Born to Crow series at 11.20. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. From the Sinorama Studios and Built by the Barn Doco, this has been Inside the Gamecocks. We'll see you tomorrow at 11.00.